welcome back to our roundtable setup here with Draft Sharks, Mike Shope, Adam Krotwurst from the Deep End Fantasy Podcast, also Matt Schauf and Jared Smola. Happy New Year. It's been more than a week. Probably it's too late for Happy New Year, but it feels <laughs> a little bit like that for me being back with you guys here in the Rochester area today. We're going to go long on the FFPC Playoff Challenge. This is the week. We know the teams. We know the matchups. Everything we've got, it's uh, time to fill out those rosters, and hopefully we can make you that much more optimal here with our uh, thoughts and advice today. want to thank RockVox Recording and Production of Rochester, New York, professional podcast voiceover and live stream studios and production services. Check them out at rockvox.com. Okay, Jared, how far along are you, you know, 100% of the way, Oh, Saturday. How far along are you in sort of like what you think you know and want to do? And then what might today add to that? I haven't tried putting a lineup together yet. If that tells you anything, I've just kind of been getting the lay of the land, I guess. This is the it's the simplest game just at face value. But then the more you dig into it, you can like go down the rabbit hole and it can become <laughs> super complicated. So I, I, I love it. Does that make it great or? I mean, it makes it different. I think when you try to rank them, that's when you get in trouble. But the thing I like about this is it's thinking as opposed to matchups. You know, if you're setting a week 17 lineup in whatever format, you're looking at matchups. You're trying to figure out what other people are going to play. This is a lot more thinking. You're thinking about who can advance. You're thinking about what happens if the team you're expecting to advance doesn't advance. You're thinking about who everybody's going to play. You're thinking about the popular guys that you're going to need versus the popular guys you might want to fade. You're thinking about which teams you don't want to put in there. So there's a lot of thinking to it. And obviously, you're quite capable of overthinking it. That can be the issue. But I like a format that forces you to think but can also penalize you for overthinking. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, overthinking. No, that, never, that's not your style. Never my style. <laughs> Don't gotta worry about Instincts. that with me. <laughs> the overthinking. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely fun. And I you know, it's fun to like build the lineups and then go, I don't how does this not win this lineup? <laughs> and then you build like eight of them that are just as good and you're like, There's no way I'm gonna lose and then you don't win. So but no, that's <laughs> that's why we're here to kind of talk it all out and hopefully uh b- build the winner. And it can all come down to micro edges too. Like we we can talk about who we won in the Super Bowl. It might ultimately come down to you win because you had that one guy that had the one big game before his team got eliminated in the first round well for example last year Kendrick Bourne who they <laughs> learned from Fantasy Mojo was like on the perfect roster he was only on 10 actual rosters not the winner but who even remembers I mean it was 24 points of garbage time and a 30 point loss to the Bills in the first game or the first day of the playoffs yeah. like oh that was right because yeah, in one show last year, were any, was anybody talking? Did anybody think, think of Kendrick Bourne last <laughs> no. year? So, no, you didn't need and, him to win, but yeah, right. those are those I, micro edges. I think that's a takeaway for me is that so it's a seventy eight hundred team contest, which is big, but it's not huge. So you, you want to get different, but to me, you don't want to get Kendrick Bourne different. You don't need to be that crazy to win this contest. Did, did I scare you yesterday? <laughs> yes. Point, well, Bourne, <laughs> Bourne owned in point one four percent of leagues last I year. Thought, I, I think you know. Leave this till after if you want. I think it would be fun to sort of try to predict who are the players that are on like between mm-hmm. one and ten teams or five and ten yeah, teams. Yeah. Like last year, there were there were a couple of guys in that range again from Fantasy Mojo who were injured. Like Chris Godwin, who was not going to play in the playoffs, was picked like by mistake or something like that. But yeah. Gabriel Davis was on nine rosters out of seven thousand yeah. five hundred or whatever that is. You know, he did okay. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes, you know, I didn't want to scare you. I just well, think separately it could be a fun game to try to sort of yeah. predict or bet on who those guys might be this year. And I think Gabe Davis versus Kendrick Bourne is interesting there because I think uh, Gabe Davis had the four touchdown game last year. So you can say, yeah, playing some of him makes sense. I think that's the one you don't want to get to because that yeah. means you have to sit Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen to get to him. So you have to have a monster game like that. And then if they get if they get to the Super Bowl, even that monster game might not make him better than Josh Allen. Kendrick Bourne, though, is from a Patriots team where nobody was really mm-hmm. that good. And we have 14 playoff teams. We have 12 roster spots. We have two teams we're going to fade in full. We have two teams we're going to put a kicker in defense. That still leaves two players that we know we're going to lose in round one. So if you do want to get different, you can look at one of those teams that is spread around like that. Try to find a guy that has a path to producing, and he could make your roster without being on many yeah. others. And, and I think I think where you want to get weird is on the teams you're projecting to go one and done. Because the more games a team plays, the more likely it is that their top guys are going to be the top scorers. And in one individual game, Kendrick Bourne can be the Patriots' top scorer. If they were to play three games, I would bet it would not be Kendrick Bourne as their top scorer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, 7,800 teams max in the $200 version of the FFPC Playoff Challenge. If you must get weird, there's a $35 jobber over there, too, and you can you know, even get a little crazier, maybe. All right, so the plan is to go AFC, then NFC, team by team, by seedings, one to seven, which means, Matt, we'll start with Kansas City. Well, let's check the AFC matchups chart first, because Jared got the numbers together for the by position matchups by team. As you can see, Kansas City has been very friendly to quarterbacks. We'll see if that plays out as anything. Also been very friendly to tight ends, running backs. It's a good team to go up against. We see some other soft spots up there. We see some other difficult matchups too. Buffalo against quarterbacks and tight ends, for example. And Jared, I know you're going to be putting this up on DraftSharks.com later today. All right, helpful to look at as you're sort of plotting paths for teams, how you expect it to play out, and you know which positions on those teams will have better matchups based on who wins each game. So definitely, again, it, you can... You could spend hours thinking about this stuff. (laughs) And we will. And we have already, probably. Is is Kansas City inflated 30th against quarterbacks, if you're listening and not watching, 25th against tight ends, to a large extent because they're always ahead and scoring a lot? Or is there really sort of a weakness with the Chiefs? Because these are good teams. They're going to be playing now. Uh, Maybe they can't really or won't be exploited quite the same way. Yeah, I think their weakness is probably um, defense. Defense, yeah. Well, yeah, but also like the the receivers aren't aren't a, probably guys that you're going to want to want to target on the Chiefs. It's going to be like Mahomes, Kelsey, you know, Jarek. I think we've been talking about Jarek McKinnon in the playoff challenge for like five years now. <laughs> like I, it, it, the Niners, like he's just always there when it comes to be playoff time. But um, but yeah, it's just I think you know it really depends on and what this. Competition does is it forces you to plant to, to plant your flag on not not necessarily players but like teams like you have to kind of walk through and say okay who's going to win we kind of plan our, our 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 route and it's like okay well the Chiefs are in good shape because they don't have to play the Bills and the Bengals you know so they there's a they have a better chance to get to that Super Bowl and get those those double points and how are the how, how are they going to get there how do you envision the Chiefs doing that and lately it's been. Uh, screen passes to, to the running backs I mean a lot of a lot of run after catch a lot of Jarek McKinnon I mean. So that might be the route that they end up going. That might be the route that you want to attack is maybe have more McKinnon than like even like a Travis Kelsey because he's going to be so, so high owned. Well, how, how popular do we think McKinnon's going to be? That's my big question. If I, he's going to be popular at all. I think he's an easy fade. Um, I, I, mean, I would assume he's the third most popular on the Chief. Chiefs. And, um, you know, and you want to 
if, if you the thing is if you're only going to go with two two running backs the whole way through do you want Jarek McKinnon right. um, we'll see well, if he is the third most popular chief, that's probably going to make him less than 20% owned because the quarterbacks aren't usually the top two quarterbacks are like 20 to 25% owned if you look back on previous years. So if we're getting Jarek McKinnon popular at like 20 to 18%, I think that's a good range to have him in there. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is the first chief that you play, probably the guy you play the most. He's six points per game better than yeah. any other tight end. This is a tight end premium format, which means you get one and a half points per game for every or one and a half points per reception for tight ends. So you don't have to make a case for Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the mix at quarterback, although he's he's no better than third for me among the quarterbacks and maybe even fourth. But we'll talk more about the quarterbacks later. I think the case for Jarek McKinnon is, you know, primarily you're getting different from Travis Kelsey lineups. Mm -hmm. There is the chance that Travis Kelsey has some negative matchups. The Chargers have been tough on tight ends. The Bills have been tough on tight ends. He had big games against both of those teams this year, so he's capable of beating any matchups. But, you know, in any individual game or two, he could have a down game. Jarek McKinnon has had touchdowns in all of the past six games to finish the season. Yeah. All six games, Kelsey did not score a touchdown. By the way, nine total touchdowns in that span. Three games of two-plus touchdowns this year. That's one more than Travis Kelsey has had this year. Chargers are a terrific running back matchup. If they beat the Jaguars, that's who the Chiefs likely play in their first game. The Bills are friendlier to running backs than tight ends if that's who the Chiefs play in the second game. And the Eagles are also friendlier to running backs than any other position if that's who the Chiefs then play in the Super Bowl in this scenario. So, there's a case for Jarek McKinnon to be in there. He won't. He won't be in my lineups if he's going to be anywhere near twenty percent. I think he should be closer to ten percent. He's running super hot with touchdowns, like un unsustainable. Um, Kelsey, not only by far the most productive tight end, only Austin Eckler among flex eligible players averaged more FFPC points per game this season. So among running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, Kelsey was number two. So to me, Kelsey's the clear top play if you're just building one optimal lineup. And the question is, you know how. How popular is he, and is it is it worth fading him? I think there might be room for him, like not as chalky as maybe your instincts would say, because in a in a world in a year where we have just constantly been listening to and ourselves harping on how how much of a disaster tight end is. Look at the teams in the NFC and who their tight ends are. Like they're all mm -hmm. well, not all, but so many interesting choices there with from the top seed down. I know we're not there yet, but Goddard's. And Hawkinson and Kittle. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. Kittle. Kittle found a quarterback who loves him, you know. <laughs> and Dalton Schultz. And like you have some interesting, and the AFC has a couple, but there's some interesting options in the NFC at tight end that might make Kelsey less chalky than yep. we kind of maybe think. He was only 53% last year. I was a little surprised that it wasn't higher than that. Tyreek Hill was around and obviously Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, that's what's interesting is what people are going to, are they going to try to get off of that favorite Kelsey or do you just build your lineup around it? You know, it's uh, and a lot of it comes down to, to, to matchups. I mean, when, when I'm building my roster, I mean, you look at it and we'll probably I don't know, probably get to the bills next. But like, what do you do with the other with the other teams? Like, can I get if I'm going to get a quarterback like Josh Allen where he could um, put up in two games, probably not what Mahomes would put, put up, put up in four. But like Allen has an extra game, essentially, like they're a massive favorite against the Dolphins. I'm going to lean Allen and then go Kelsey rather than like Mahomes and like Diggs or something a little like that. So you got to kind of play those play those games too. Allen, Allen did put up almost as many points yeah. last year as Burrow put up sure. in four and only played two, by the way, not Mahomes. Yeah. And, and Matt put together these numbers for us. They're, they're in our sheet. We'll get them up on the website uh, at some point this week, but the gap in fantasy points between Kelsey and Mahomes 
is smaller than it is between these other elite quarterbacks and their wide receivers. So in other words, you can you know soak up more of the Chiefs fantasy points by playing Mahomes, or sorry, by playing Kelsey mm-hmm. than versus playing you know say Jamar Chase from the Bengals or AJ Brown from the Eagles. So that, that's another argument yeah. in favor any, of Kelsey to me. Any receiver or Isaiah Pacheco even trying too hard? Yes, probably. Yeah. I kind Save of like, that for the $35 per podcast. Tony's exciting, but... Okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. You know what? That's exactly why there will be some Kadarius <laughs> yeah. Tony teams, and that'll just bring down the yeah. ownership rate on everybody yeah. else. One last point on McKinnon is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's still on the team. He might be back. He might mix in a little. Valid which, point. Yeah. You know. Tyreek yep. Hill was like 16% owned last year, so I have trouble believing that McKinnon will be higher than that. So I think... Uh, I'm not worried about the ownership. I think mm-hmm. the touchdown rate is obviously unsustainable, but... We're not drafting for a season. We're drafting for two, three, four games. Like he could easily score twice in each of the first two games, and then they could be done. By the way, back to that matchup chart reference where we started. Those are Kansas City. So the thirtieth against quarterbacks, twenty fifth against tight ends. You don't know yet who they're going to play. Correct. When we we'll get we'll get to it later. But I have sort of a Baltimore theory mm. right now Ooh. that uh, I think could be. Were, were those boos? Uh, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> with you. I'm with okay, you. Mike. Good, 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 good. good. Um, but it might just be wrong. Uh, all right. Number two seed, Buffalo. Home to Miami Saturday, or rather Sunday afternoon. Adam, Allen, Diggs, we done? Probably. Yeah, we're, we're probably done. But then I hear, you know, I hear that, you know, Gabe Davis was, was owned by like nine teams last year and, you know, four touchdowns in one game. Um, yeah, it's tough. I just think that when you have a chance – that. Allen reminds me of a lot of Mahomes last year where Mahomes was a guy that was going to get you that extra game. Like you figure they're going to win that first one and then they can go all the way to the Super Bowl. I think Allen is that guy this year uh, with that extra game against Miami. And you look at the quarterback schedule, right? Like Kansas City's 30th against against, against quarterbacks. Um, Miami's 29th. Miami's 29th. Cincinnati's 13th. So, I mean, that's a that's a beautiful run. Even if he doesn't get to the Super Bowl and let's say he gets to Kansas City and loses, he, that's, that's three massive shootouts. Um, it's going to be, he's going to kind of be my chalk quarterback when I'm building a lot of these builds. Shocking, I know, to, to hear. Uh, but it's also because there's just no other, uh, outside of Diggs, I'll probably have some Diggs too, but outside of those two guys, I don't think anyone's really worth it. No one's playing very well. They're running back backfield, cannibalizes each other, and then Josh Allen takes from that too. So um, if you wanted to take a shot on Gabe Davis, I wouldn't call you crazy because he's done it before. He even did it this year. Uh, against the Steelers, he had a ma- he had a massive game, but he's just been so bad, dropping everything, not getting open. Um, so yeah, it's really, really, really Josh Allen stuff on digs for me. Here's the argument against Gabe Davis: if he has There's a monster a game, guess who else is having a monster game? Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, like last well, year, looking at the Mojo numbers, Josh Allen was in the winning lineup. Josh Allen was in the perfect lineup. Yeah. Gabe Davis was not in either. I know. Yeah, yeah. you you could consider playing Gabe Davis if you're projecting the Bills go one and done. Otherwise, sure. you can't. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, if that's your path, then go for it. But if you're projecting them to lose to the Dolphins, you should go you hit the Tyreek sports Hill. book instead of this tournament yeah. because uh, you're. I mean, yeah. you're on something, but it's it's not. That's not <laughs> happening. Like I think that's. Well, I think that is the clearest um, defeat in this <laughs> playoff tournament. Honestly, I what, if any, what if Tua plays? What if Tua plays? What if Tua plays? He sucked for the past month. <laughs> not against the Bills. He won't yeah. finish the game. I don't think he's finished the game he against the Bills in two years. He was like fifty-five percent <laughs> completions. Anyway, I mean, it, it's a mismatch. So we, I think, none of us is actually projecting that. If you want to play it that way, if you have that many teams that you're playing right. that, you can try it. I have a hard time imagining that the Bills have 
a terrible game and Gabe Davis has a big game. So even then I'm not playing him for me. Josh Allen is my absolute favorite fantasy player throughout playoffs. Whatever your format is, I think he's the top player because we think that the bills have at least a chance to go into the Super Bowl. So he has four game potential here. The team has been the best overall team among these top three AFC seeds all year. So I'm taking the chance that he gets four games. He's easily the first bill in. Stefan Diggs, for me, is the only other guy I'm considering at all. And that's I'm only playing Diggs if I'm mixing in a few other quarterbacks. But, you know, the numbers that Jared was talking about, if you play Diggs, you get 65% of Josh Allen's scoring average this year, looking at Diggs' numbers versus Allen's. That's lower than what you get for Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow by nine percentage points. It is 14 points, 13 and a half points below what you get for playing Kelsey instead of Mahomes. So it's just Josh Allen can have a huge game without any other bill having a huge game. If you want to bet against the bills, I think this is more of a roster build question, but then you don't play Davis. Maybe you just because they're such a favorite, you don't play anybody or you just throw the kicker in there. Right, like if you want to play against Allen or Diggs, go yeah. all the way, go yep. all in. Yeah, and then of course you'd, you'd want to play. I would think Tyreek Miami. for Memphis is you know where you got to think about how this is going. to I think that's what Matt was saying too. Like you know, if you're just gonna, if you're not gonna bet bet him winning, Gabe Davis isn't gonna have a good game if the Bills lose. So yeah. All right, three seed Cincinnati home to Baltimore Sunday night. Burrow, Mixon, Mixon was in the winning lineup last year. Love they, that they played four games. <laughs> Some of you are familiar with Jared and Mixon and how, how long they go back. Uh, Chase and Higgins. How do you decide between Chase and Higgins? I've been trying to talk myself into playing. I mean, I, I still think Higgins is a good contrarian play. I think he'll be, what, half as owned as Chase? Yeah, yeah Chase is going to be much last year. Yeah, Chase will be yeah. much higher owned. Um, in their nine healthy games together, 21 points per game for Chase, 15 and a half for Higgins. But, I mean, in, in a two-game sample... Higgins can outscore Chase pretty easily. Um, so I, I think that's a spot to potentially get different is playing Higgins over Chase. Last year, Fantasy Mojo, Chase on 31% of rosters in the $200 game. Higgins, 9%. Oh. Yeah, if it's if it's that yeah. again, Higgins is a better play. I agree there. Higgins, yeah, Higgins has been, has been great. Have the seasons they had given you any indication about whether that's more or less likely a Higgins you know, so year. Chase lately, he's averaging 12 targets per game over his last five, 30.5% target share. He's kind of, and it's just a five-game sample, but he's kind of separated from Higgins. And Higgins was banged up for at least one of those games, if not two. I can't I can't keep mm. it straight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chase straight up's the better play, but again, right. factoring in ownership, I think Higgins is definitely worth considering. If you look at the overall full season numbers on FFPC, if you're if you're setting your lineup and you look at the just the chart, the scoring average has Chase five points per game ahead of T. Higgins, but that includes two games he barely played and another game he left early. If you take those out, the gap is two points per game. So Chase is the better play straight up. But obviously, the difference is the ownership. And if we look at last year's playoffs, Chase outscored T. Higgins in basic PPR points by nearly 11 total, but Chase had his worst of his four games in the Super Bowl, just fantasy points-wise. T. Higgins had his best in the Super Bowl. So 
ultimately Higgins was the better play between them because we get double points for the Super Bowl. And that's just the luck between them. That's that's, right. that's the case is if you're saying which guy is the, the better play straight up, it's Jamar Chase. If it's but it, it, there's a lot of luck involved here just for who gets the touchdown when and the ownership level that we talked about already. in the Super Bowl. It was a bomb to Higgins against Ramsey. And Face before mask. that, yeah, right. And before that, it was a pass from Joe Mixon, if I remember correctly. Where yeah, he scored on yes, at the end. Yeah. In the game. So, yeah, pretty random kind of kind of moments there. He's good, though. Yeah, no. I, the only thing that worries me about Hickson, uh, Hickson, um, Higgins is is he's left in the first yeah. play like numerous <laughs> oh, times. I know. He could get hurt. He's been hurt a lot. Even last week, he got banged up and yeah. then looked like he wasn't all there. And they threw a bomb to him right in his hands, and he he looked like he was out. Just of imagine it, so. the Super Bowl. We're all like, where, where, where's, <laughs> where's T. Higgins? Higgins? Why is Trenton Irwin on the field? Uh, <laughs> They're saving him. Irwin. Yeah. The four seed Jaguars are. Now a one-point underdog at home against L.A. That has moved. That started in the two-and-a-half-three range where the Chargers were the favorite. This game is Saturday night in Jacksonville. So the Chargers have the had the Sunday game in Denver, which was, I think, stressful. They also had a couple of injuries in this game, mm-hmm. and they lost it. Now they have a short week and are flying west to east. Um, Jacksonville, the longer week at home. Maybe that matters here. Maybe it doesn't. Matt, in terms of... The Jags here, what do you like or not like? I mean, I expect the Chargers to win this game, but it's definitely not clear. This is one of those where I'm going to treat it like either team can win. On the Jags side, it's tough for me to like anything besides Travis Etienne. And he doesn't even get enough receiving-wise to be a flex consideration. So he's maybe one of the two running backs. If I'm setting multiple lineups, I'm probably getting an Etienne in there. I also think that this is just a team that's worth considering full fading, whether that's playing nobody or playing a kicker or defense. Chargers have been playing better lately. Uh, Week 18 was frustrating, but I think they've been better than that just before that. And the Chargers defense in particular has been second best by Football Outsiders DVOA over the past five weeks if you take out Week 18 because so many teams were not really playing that week. It's been a negative matchup for tight ends all year, negative for wide receivers. Running back is really the best matchup spot for it. This is definitely a game where I want two position players from, I think. Because um, mm-hmm. I could see it going either way. I'm with Matt there. I would lean Chargers. But I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It has a 47.5 point over-under. That's the second highest right. on Wild yeah. Card Weekend. Um, and then, yeah, I'm on, I'm on ETN as my guy. I think that's where you want to attack the Chargers. And then if the Jags win, they get the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 20th in adjusted points allowed to running back. If you'd asked me, like... A week and a half ago, I'd probably be in the exact same spot. But the Jaguars sucked against the Titans yep. in Week 18. They sucked when they played at Detroit. So I just wonder if they're not that good, and now they're running up against a defense that's been running hot. So I think generally I agree with yeah. ETN, but I'm I'm more comfortable with fading the Jaguars than I would have been uh, not that long ago. We're also talking about the Chargers, though, who have done nothing but let me down for Correct. the past three years. This, this is just the game that has a chance <laughs> to let us down, where the yeah. final's like 20 to 16. They did play in week three, and Jacksonville won 38-10. to 10. There you but go. But you can't start James Robinson here, Adam. He's on the Jets <laughs> no, now. No, no. He was the star that day. Who's, who's the most owned player for the Jaguars in this game? ETN. ETN. So this might be one of those games where you're like, hey, you know, a shootout, one of these teams is going to got to lose. Do I, get, do I get crazy and pick a Christian Kirk or something like that that's low-owned from this game? Blow-up spot. Well, not really a blow-up spot because they're better against receivers. Eight, mm-hmm. the, the, the Chargers are, but... Do we get because I love ETN in, the, in this matchup. The fact that you can, they're twenty uh, fourth. The Chargers are against 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 running backs. You get in there, you get ETN as a blow up game, and then they may, maybe they win and they move on, and you get another one against the Chiefs who are twentieth against running backs. So I love the ETN idea. 
because there's not a, a lot of great running backs to, to have anyways. But I also like the idea of getting a player, like th- throwing a dart at one of the receivers or even Evan Ingram and getting a, getting a decent game from them, low-owned, and maybe they win and win and get through. I, I like Kirk here better than Ingram because I think Ingram's going to pull more ownership because of the tight end premium, because yep. of the big games he had late in the season. And this is a negative matchup for him, and this is a team that doesn't feel like it has to go to anybody. So this is kind of more of a Correct. Kendrick Bourne situation where it's it's not as bad like we knew that New England was going to lose to the Bills last year. We don't know that the Jaguars are going to lose to the Chargers here. But they spread it around. Any of these guys could have the game, and Kirk is at least as well set up as uh, Engram or Zay Jones. Yep. My my second Jaguar would be Zay Jones, actually. Mm. Uh, I think the, the number of tight ends I think that are interesting will push Ingram down here. Yeah. He might be the right play. Jones, 10 for 85 and a touchdown in the first meeting against the Chargers, if that matters, and he's had, like, big, big games. Yeah. So, um, yep. you know, he's a kind of a fun idea. Kirk Kirk had six for seventy two in a score in that week three mm-hmm. meeting against the Chargers. So mm-hmm. I'm with Adam. If it's for a flex spot, I, I think Kirk over Etienne or Zay Jones over Etienne is interesting. And it, how much of this is who do you think will win? Like how important is it? You're talking about Jared covering yourself. It's only a one point number, and the total is high. That's right. So you might want both teams. Is this a an important game for sort of getting an edge in the tournament for picking one team and not the other, or no? I think so because I think this game is going to be high scoring, and I think the winner. Probably plays the Chiefs, which is another good spot. Right. So I, I want, I want, I'm very likely going to end up with positional guys from both sides. Of yeah, this I'll probably end in the same spot for the same reason. Yeah, I think as long as you don't fade one of these teams, and you know you got you got to get lucky with the guy that, that you pick. But as long as you don't fade him, I think you're and you hit your guy, you'd be in good shape. And running back, you know, we've seen. I've, I've read this from Fantasy Mojo too. You can afford a one and done. Two years ago, when we did this as a group, we put Jonathan Taylor in that lineup for the game against the Bills. They'll probably lose, but maybe you get a touchdown and you put a number up. You don't want to be, I think, afraid of an outcome like that. You know, just a couple of your position players will lose, at least. You want it to only be two, but at least, you know, two will. So you have to sort of accept that. Yep. Yep. The Chargers in the game at Jacksonville as the five seed. Um, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, is it almost the same argument? I like Eckler a lot more because he does have the the receiving. That fell off late in the season. He's down to 4.4 catches per game over the final five games, I believe it is. Um, But before that, it was 7.1 catches per game through week 14. I know the Chargers leaned more on the run late in the year, and they were more efficient over that span. So maybe they continue that into the the playoffs. Maybe they don't, though. Maybe they lean back in the other direction. Austin Eckler is covered either way, because if they're running more, he's obviously involved. If they're more efficient, he's got more scoring chances. If they fall behind or if they throw the ball more, Austin Eckler is still going to be involved. So I like Eckler a lot. It's him. Then it's Keenan Allen, who's clearly the better bet for receptions. And then Mike Williams, I think, is interesting to throw in a little bit, assuming that his back is okay heading into the game. Yeah, I feel like eventually you got to take a stand on a stud from one of these teams. Um, that you don't really got to worry about ownership percentage and all that. And I think Eckler, you know, in a game against the, against the Jags, where they are 19th against against running backs, and then a game against the Chiefs, where they're 20th against running backs. I mean, Eckler could have two monster games. Against against both those teams, so um, I I really like like Eckler here. here. Um, you know the Chargers are are uh, I'm sorry the the Chiefs are decent against against receivers. The Jags are not great against receivers, but you just don't know. I mean, is it Mike Williams? Is it Keenan Allen? Um, you know, so they could yeah. they could they could go any any route there. Jared, I think Eckler of the five teams we've now covered is my favorite single play yet. Yes, I think he'll 
be that way for most people, though. I think he's going to be the most popular running back, maybe the one of the most popular positional players. Um, I don't know. I think there's another running back who will be more popular. Well, who else are people going to play from the Chargers, though? Uh, Keenan Allen. Yeah. yeah Keenan Allen's good. averaging. He quietly had a monster close to the season. 10.8 yes. targets, 8.8 yeah. catches per game over his last five. So to me, he's the guy to play over Mike Williams. I'm a big I'm a big Mike Williams fan, but it'd be Keenan Allen. Everything yeah. he's ever done has been quiet. Sure. <laughs> but it is. I mean, Keenan I think Allen. Mike Williams is T. Higgins to Keenan Allen's Jamar Chase. And uh, I think yeah. that Mike Williams, re- relative in the two comparisons here, Mike Williams beats Keenan Allen in big play potential, so can have the kind of game, you know, that even with fewer receptions, he gets there. Mm-hmm. So looking at his five games since he returned from that ankle injury, he's had four plus catches in each of those. And that includes the Denver game he left early in week 18, averaging five catches, 77 yards over that span versus Keenan Allen, 8.8 catches, 88.8 yards per game over that span. So it's certainly been Allen ahead of him. I guess maybe even the better comparison is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans here is Keenan Allen's gonna most likely catch more passes. Mm -hmm. Mike Williams has the big play potential. Either of them could go off in a single game. And, you know, this is a team that we probably don't expect to win more than two, maybe just play one. What about what about Justin Herbert? He's he, he's, he's my schedule. He's my he's my craziest idea right now. <laughs> um, there's there's a few days to go, so I'll probably get crazier. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, Jacksonville twenty seventh in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Kansas City thirtieth. Yep. Here are Herbert's FFPC points in his six career games against the Chiefs: twenty two point seven, twenty seven point eight, twenty six point four, thirty one point seven, thirty four, and twenty six point four. And I'd give the Chargers some chance to beat the Chiefs. They they tend yeah. to play them tight. The um, very Chief, close. Game. The Chiefs won. Yeah. I believe the Chiefs won both games by three points this year. I believe and they should have lost. Both they should have lost both. Yeah, they should have right. lost yeah. six or seven games yeah. this year. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I I like it. It's interesting. We 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 didn't we didn't talk about about Burrow. The whole AFC quarterback situation is much better than the NFC. AFC the average average defense is as eighteen ranked 18th in the NFC, it's it's 14th. So I feel like if you just go, hey, I'm going to take a quarterback out of the AFC, no matter how the matchups break, who wins, who loses, I think you're going to end up in pretty pretty good shape. Um, I definitely don't hate Herbert, um, but I just feel like Eckler, you kind of got to keep it to chalk there because everyone's going to have Eckler, and if he goes off and you don't have him, I, th- I think you're in trouble. I, I think Herbert makes as much sense as Joe Burrow. They don't, I don't, the reason I don't think I could get to him at more than like a 1-8 level is if either Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen makes a Super Bowl, then you might have yep. lost. I was going to say, like, I, I don't think I can play Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I got to figure out if I make sure I can, <laughs> can do that before I rule it out. Um, too much risk for me that, Jack, that Jacksonville wins the game, I think, sure. in terms to, of to, Herbert. To play Herbert, yeah. Yeah, it's one reason yeah. why I like Eckler so much. Is I yeah. want to say there was a Lamar Jackson team in the top eight. A couple years ago, yes, whenever we thought that they were going to be huge, he was like 70% owned. He They played one game, lost to the Titans. Right. Adam, we talked to the guy who won. He was a Baltimore guy. That's and right. And he might have had Jackson. I don't remember if he did. But yeah. There was yeah. definitely a Jackson team up high. I don't know if I don't remember yeah, for one. That's familiar. Again, I mean, you say seventy percent owned. That you know, if a guy is seventy percent owned, you're probably going to have you know one of those sneak into the top eight. So I don't, I don't think that's a. Re- I mean, if if the Chargers lose round one, you probably don't want Justin Herbert. Jacksonville yeah. has allowed over two hundred eighty-six yards in a game passing twice since week three. Now that's their schedule too. That's the AFC South talking a little bit, <laughs> but. 
Like there are some really low number passing games against Jacksonville. It's not because they score like crazy. Yeah. Dallas got them in the game Jacksonville won against Dallas. They played the Chiefs midseason. Mahomes got them, but really they do not give up raw numbers. They do not give up a lot. Football Outsiders has them thirtieth in pass defense. They're actually eleventh against the run. So they're bad at pass defense, but nobody throws on them. Interesting. <laughs> coaches, man. Coaches. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of Houston. There was a lot of Tennessee. Right. There was a lot of Indy. Jets, right. Jets yeah. in the rain. Yeah. That'll help your stats. <laughs> Six seed, Baltimore. Any, want to do anything here? You want to hear my theory? Yeah. I yes. It's me. That's not all I want to hear. Problem. It's me. Okay. Everybody agrees. Wow. Everybody agrees. So I was thinking that Bill's Dolphins would go on at night. And that Baltimore game's unwatchable, mm-hmm. potentially, if Lamar Jackson sits. I think they know he's playing. And so do I it's only Tuesday, I don't have a deadline yet, but I kinda wanna build a lineup off the premise that Jackson's on the field. And if he is, would you take six points? They were not going well before he got hurt. Like it wasn't like it was humming early in the season, right. yes, but you know, weapons wise, Jackson's almost the only thing you can do with the Ravens. And mm-hmm. that that Andrews? Not, Andrews Andrews. You wanna see the return of Mark Andrews. Well, Andrews averaged sixteen point nine. FFPC points per game with Lamar Jackson through Week 12. That was second among tight ends behind it, only Travis Kelsey. Is that going to be good enough, that number? Enough. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. I mean, I think if you play Andrews, you're banking on them winning. I mean, they don't need to win, but I think you're hoping they I mean, win. Even overall this season, Mark Andrews is second among tight ends available in this tournament and points per game on FFPC. And he's had the, he had the game last time out. He had the game, I don't know, a couple games yeah. before. Like... Mark Andrews is capable of being the guy who has the one big game. I also think he's going to be highly owned because he's the only attractive Raven and it's tight end premium. So I think there's going to be a lot of Andrews teams. For me, this team is a full fade. I don't care who the quarterback is. Like Lamar Jackson off a, what, six-week knee injury? No thanks. Yeah, especially at the quarterback position. But, yeah, if they somehow – if he plays and they somehow get through Cincy, then they got to get through – Kansas City. Kansas City. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That's not, I don't think. And it's not like this offense is like explosive where, oh, they're going to get two games. Like, I don't mind, I don't mind the idea of a, of a full fade. I guess if I got to take someone, it would be, it would be Mark Andrews. I don't think the offense is going to explode, but the defense is really good. And they held Joe Burrow to 5.6 yards per pass attempt in their two meetings this season. Burrow was bad in both of those games. So, which is yep. interesting because I don't think they're, the Ravens' pass defense is very good, right? They're better against the run. Yeah. They're, ni- they're 19th against receivers, 17th against quarterbacks. They kind of took the game off, too, this last one. All right. Yeah. All right. I like the, the the point that resonates here is if you're playing Andrews, you're betting on them to win. So now, play. now I, I I don't I wouldn't full fade the Bengals in that scenario. I'd still, I'd still play maybe Mixon. A, maybe a Mixon. Yeah, I'd still play a Bengal. I'd play a receiver over. I'd play T Higgins there because uh, the the losing Bengals aren't running a bunch against the Ravens. Okay. Even even the winning Bengals won't run a bunch. They'll, they'll still <laughs> throw. Yeah, I we'll see. Every I've been saying all year, every Ravens Steelers game in history has been 16 <laughs> You're 13, right. 16 right. 15. And, uh, you know, just as a joke, and the two games this year were 16 14, 16 13. <laughs> Bengals Ravens has that same kind of vibe for me uh, yeah. going into this game this week. I'd be a little unsettled as Cincinnati with how Baltimore just, you know what, you take home field, we'll sit our guys and prep for next week. And the Bengals still had enough of a stake with Buffalo mm-hmm. in consideration. Yeah. Bills were losing in the second half of their game. I don't know. I'm just feeling Baltimore a little bit. But as Adam knows, I kind of always am. The matchup <laughs> and the low passing numbers for Joe Burrow at least make me not very interested in Joe Burrow for FFPC challenge lineups. All right. Challenging game. we got the Ravens as a six-point, six-and-a-half-point underdog now. So on a Tuesday, the only thing you could do that's actionable with this theory. 
is bet the Ravens and, yeah. and see the number come down, maybe only a couple of points, but probably this, does. Six and a half assumes Lamar Jackson's playing, right? You think? I think so. Maybe yeah, a, maybe, right. maybe a that little hedge. Right. It might go down to five, five and a half if yep. he's you know confirmed in. But well, let's that that might be right. If if you knew it was Huntley, I think it'd, it'd be, be over, over seven. It'd be larger. I agree. Let's I talk agree. about the Dolphins next, and maybe start with the same point. That line is ten, ten and a half. What is that line? Assuming the Dolphins are doing at quarterback. I, I it's ass- gonna be somebody crappy. Yeah, I assume it's it's <laughs> somebody crappy. Which is um, anybody, isn't that, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody I'm have. assuming that that's not Tua playing it with its ten and a half. I mean, they, with with Tua, they were they they beat the Bills mm-hmm. and they were beating them in the second half in a snowstorm in Eight Buffalo. Fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, so they can they they can certainly uh, they can certainly win this game with 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 Tua. Tua would help in a. Um, in a shootout scenario too, like that would be that would be nice to get to a get a shootout. Um, so even even the losing team gets gets somebody through there. I'm, I'm going to just say something real quick, and then I'll let Jared take over. This is his, this is his Dolphins. I love. We've talked about this. Pre- I love with most. I think most starts out. Yes, yeah. I love Probably. Jeff Wilson. We'll say, yeah. I love Jeff Wilson in this matchup, especially if you think the Dolphins are going to lose mm-hmm. a running back off a losing team. Fine. Raheem Mostert ran all over the Bills the, the, the last game, and they should have even losing. They should have kept running the ball with Raheem Mostert. They were running for like eight yards a carry. Yep. Um, I love Jeff Wilson in this matchup. He's going to be super low owned. Wilson was seven yards a carry too. Yeah, but fewer touches in that same game. All right, why are they your Dolphins? <laughs> I'm a, I I used to be a Dolphins fan, kind of. <laughs> so, you know. Okay, Don't but uh, se- seventeen point implied total for Miami. I mean, I think this is the, the easiest call here is to fade Miami, right? Sure. Um, yes. I think there's a case to be made for Wilson, and then I think there's a case to be made for Tiger Kill because he could go for twenty five and a one and done scenario, and you're you're still happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you really have to make the case for Tyree Kill, and that's why I like Jeff Wilson so much here. There's going to be plenty of Tyree Kill. There's going to be some Jalen Waddle for the same reason, because he can have a big game anytime. Jeff Wilson has had 31 carries and nine targets over the past two weeks with Raheem Mostert involved. He's probably going to miss this game. He's got a broken thumb. I don't know why you would put a running back out there with a broken thumb. So I'm assuming that Jeff Wilson Jr. is the lead back here. He's had three games of 18-plus opportunities with Raheem Mostert in the fold. Adam already mentioned last game where he Raheem Mostert dominated Buffalo on the ground and Salvin Ahmed did as well and scored a touchdown. The first meeting where Miami had the ball for about 12 total plays, two of those were Chase Edmonds rushing touchdowns. So we've seen the Bills can be vulnerable against running backs. I am fine with full fading the Dolphins, but I also think that Jeff Wilson has Kendrick Bourne potential here. <laughs> KBP. Let's go. Kendrick Bourne <laughs> potential. I love it. Let's leave. I love it. We're only half done. Uh, beautiful. All right. So there's the AFC. Yep. NFC. Philadelphia. Clinched the one seed. Battling its way to a close win against Giants backups in week 18. They had lost to New Orleans without Jalen Hurts the previous week. Is Philadelphia? Does Philadelphia have the same shine on it as it's had? They have less shine, but they have just as much potential. And I mean, if you look at the NFC draw, there's mm-hmm. one other good team. That's the other thing in their favor. One and a half. <laughs> I, I'll be curious to hear who the half is. Um, so Jalen Hurts, the only reason that he's not the top quarterback here, or the only reason that he's that he's Clearly, number two for me is that he can't play four games. He can only play three, and Josh Allen can play four. Otherwise, I think Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are basically exactly the same. And really, Jalen Hurts has... So there's more potential for you to soak up Josh Allen points with Stephon Diggs than there is with Jalen Hurts and any of his pass catchers. Yeah, I think as Adam alluded to, um, the issue with Hurts is the schedule a little bit for me. 
you know, first game's going to be against Dallas or the Giants. D- Dallas second in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. The Giants 16th. The second game for the Eagles would likely be against the Niners, who I think are the best defense in the NFL. They finished the season 10th in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Jared Stidham doesn't think Hurts they're the will be best fine. defense. Yeah. <laughs> Hurts will be fine, but I think if you're you know weighing Hurts versus Josh Allen or even Patrick Mahomes, the, the edge and schedule goes to the AFC guys. Yeah, I think the other thing working in Josh Allen's favor and maybe Patrick Mahomes' favor as well is there are more options among the Eagles than yes. I think there are among the Bills and than there are among Chiefs at this point. How, go ahead. Yeah, I I love I love the Eagles. Um, I thought for the whole season, like, okay, this is going to be the team. I'm going to have these guys in these playoff challenges. And then I started falling in love with the with the Niners and just like they're another team that's loaded with players that you can choose and they have an insane defense. And I just feel like they're they're right there too. Luckily. Their seeds one one and two, so you don't have to worry about them playing each other until the NFC Championship game. So I think it's just if I if I I lean Allen over over Hertz, I probably lean Mahomes over over Hertz too because of the uh, NFC schedule again against quarterbacks. It's to me, it's do you want AJ Brown? Do you want Devonta Smith? And I think AJ Brown will be more owned, mm-hmm. but I think Devonta Smith's been just it's like a Higgins Chase thing, uh, except I think Devonta Smith's been maybe. Just as good or better than an AJ Brown. So if I think if I'm taking a guy from the Eagles, I think it's going to be Devonta Smith. Second uh, half of the se- sorry, Mike. Second half of the season, AJ Brown 18.6 fantasy points. Devonta Smith 18.1. Yeah, right. and going to be I think much lower owned. I think I, I like that too. I just I'm asking myself if I'm trying too hard with Hertz. Yeah, you know you could go to a different quarterback and be kind of just the same. Um, playoff rushing yard. Props to lead the playoffs in rushing yards, including the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, who we'll get to, is the favorite. Josh Allen and Miles Sanders are tied for second. So strong, <laughs> strong Miles expectation Sanders. that they'll Sanders? play three does, games. Believe it or not, yeah, plus seven fifty. Does Miles Sanders know that? Because he told us not to play him in fantasy. <laughs> well, football. that's I mean that's just because they're saying the Eagles will make it out of the yeah. NFC. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is the sixth choice, by the way, himself plus twelve hundred. Um, yeah, that's not the game we're playing, but is Sanders viable if you think they're – do they have to lose? And they're not playing the first week. Sanders is kind of tough to roster here. Yeah, I think you'd be assuming no more than two games from the Eagles. I would have been more interested in Sanders three weeks ago, but the last two weeks, it's almost been a Commit- Boston third, Scott third, scoring. Third, third, yeah. third between Sanders, yeah. Gainwell, and Scott. If you look at snaps, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm off Miles. And Sanders. he's playing through a knee injury. He's been playing through it, but that adds some risk. So yeah, it, Miles Sanders is going to draw some ownership, which I like because it'll pull it away from the others. I think that the best thing here is ownership is going to get spread around. Dallas Goddard's going to draw plenty because of the mm-hmm. tight end premium. And I mean, I think he's a fine option there as well. Like if you there's obviously Travis Kelsey way above everybody else, but behind him. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, even Evan Ingram. There's not a whole lot separating those guys. And the, the other thing, too, is, you know, um, if you figure the Eagles get to the, at least to the NFC championship game, it's not like the AFC scenario where you're it's going to be a shootout probably with whichever teams make it. Here, you're going to you're going to run into San Francisco, yep. number one against running backs, number 10 against quarterbacks, number five against tight ends. 27th against receivers. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to go Philly receivers. You're definitely yeah. not going to start the, the the kicker. The Niners are number one against kickers. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you want to do that. How? <laughs> Everyone's missing. What are they doing? Somebody has to be. Somebody, yeah, that's right. Uh, no one's scoring points. Many points. There it is. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Dallas, 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 twenty fourth in adjusted points allowed to wide receiver. So it is a, it's a nice wide receiver schedule. So I, I'm definitely leaning Brown or Smith from the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. 
San Francisco, the two seed in the NFC. George Kittle with Brock Purdy has we're finally getting the touchdowns we've always wanted to see. Like what that's like the, what's been missing in terms of George Kittle. We've got Christian McCaffrey there too. We just mentioned the favorite to lead the playoffs in rushing, and we all know about his prowess. Other options too. I know Adam's waiting to talk about the quarterback over there. <laughs> Let me make the anti-Christian McCaffrey case because I think that he's probably going to be the highest owned running back, which is the first thing against him. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how he's the favorite to lead in rushing yards, but he's played four games with Elijah Mitchell so far. And in those four games, he has averaged 10 and a half carries and five and a half targets per game. That's 16 opportunities per game, which is fine, but it's not a guy you can't miss. And just to put that in further context, Miles Sanders this season has averaged 16.8 opportunities per game. Now, obviously, the targets are more valuable for McCaffrey than the carries for Miles Sanders. But that's a lot of risk for a guy that's going to be on a lot of teams and is in an offense where plenty of other people can score. So I'm not saying a full fade on Christian McCaffrey, but I'm going to go lower on Christian McCaffrey than I think most other people will. Just wonder, like, how good is Purdy? Maybe the Seattle Seahawks are not the team to measure this by, right? They've kind of won easily a couple times against Seattle. So um, if if he's good, then they'll get into a tough game and they'll turn to him. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey can mean things a lot in the yeah. passing game, too. But I, I feel like the Kittle thing is just speaking to me loud. The only time we've seen Purdy playing from behind was the Raiders game. And that's you know one of the worst defenses. So we we haven't seen him playing catch up against a good defense yet. So I, I still have questions about Purdy. Maybe it doesn't matter how good he is though. Maybe just the scheme is so good and the weapons are so good that like if he just doesn't combust, they're going to be fine. And he did get there in the Raider game. He did. Yeah, and 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 this is kind of the, the opposite. Is you know he's going to get what Seattle in the, for the first round, right? Yep. I mean Seattle. Uh, Easy against quarterbacks, easy against running backs, easy against the the best tight end matchup. Uh, but number two against against receivers, Seattle is. So it's like, do we do we get away from those Niners receivers? We don't really know, right? Is it Ayuk? Like is Debo back? Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Seattle's twenty eighth again against running backs. Philly's sixteenth against running backs. You know, kind of pro- projecting forward. Um, McCaffrey would be hard for me to get off of, even though I can see other other things. Uh, if I do want to get crazy, and I will, and some of these thirty five dollars ones, I love the idea of, do, of going Brock Purdy, thinking he can get um, four games, get into into the Super Bowl, get get those get those those double points. I mean, he doesn't even have to do a ton, you know, one one or two touchdowns. Yeah. You know, I th- I think he's yeah. been fine. He's been good enough where if he can get a, a couple of games, get to the Super Bowl, he's he's gonna be low on. Yeah, too. but if you get the Niners in the Super Bowl, you're also doubling McCaffrey's points, right. George Kittle's points, sure. Debo Samuel's no, points. No, I get it. I, yeah, to me, and you can do it in a third. You'd be yeah, that's right. It's your money. Give me <laughs> We're not sharing the team. Huh? <laughs> no, not, not not on my team. Um, yeah, I think you're giving up a lot of upside at quarterback. You know, yeah. with Purdy versus these elites. No, I get it. And then, I, yeah, like Matt said, you're also the opportunity cost is you can't play Kittle or McCaffrey, who I think are you know two of the eight strongest plays at the flex positions. Yeah, but you can also then you can get in Kelsey, you can get in Diggs, you can get in you know some mm-hmm. of those other yep. studs. So if San Francisco wins, they'll get the Vikings. If they win, otherwise the Dallas Tampa winner that doesn't seem especially problematic. You know, right. really for their first potentially two games. Um, and they'd have home field for both of those games, too. Yep. All right, interesting options there. Maybe the, the most challenging teams, just with all the different options. I like George Kittle best. I like Debo Samuel as a, 
as one of those differentiating picks because of the issue that I mentioned with Christian McCaffrey plus the ownership. Plus, there's a lot of unknown here. Um, Brock Purdy's only been playing for, what, six, seven games so far in his rookie season. We have zero full games of Debo, Brock Purdy, and Elijah Mitchell in the same lineup. So we don't know how much Debo's going to run the ball. We don't know if any of this changes when they get into the playoffs as opposed to playing the regular season where every game is more important to win. So there's a whole lot of unknown. That even makes me lean a bit further toward not taking the most popular. And I think George Kittle will be the second most popular 49er. Debo, maybe third, and might even have to split some of that with Ayuk just because he finished the season not playing a whole lot. On to Minnesota, the three seed, home to the Giants. Jefferson. So is he the guy in this tournament who will just be on everybody's team? I mean, they're the three seed, good chance at two games as their favorite, not a big favorite Mm-mm. against the Giants. Um, Hawkinson, Cook, there are other ideas here, but Jefferson is such a standout. I think people are going to look at him like he's Cooper Cup from last year. And so my point is that he's not. Obviously, <laughs> Justin Jefferson is a stud and he should be the first Viking in consideration. But Since TJ Hawkinson arrived in week nine, week nine through week 17, I'm throwing out the last game because they both only played half of it. In that span, 9.4 targets per game, 6.6 catches per game for TJ Hawkinson, 12 targets per game, eight catches per game for Justin Jefferson. So those 6.6 catches per game for Hawkinson are worth more points than Jefferson's eight catches per game. 9.9 points per game by the tight end premium scoring just on those catches. I'm not saying TJ Hawkinson is better than Justin Jefferson, but in a tournament where we have to make decisions mm-hmm. like that, you know, fade somebody that's not necessarily a bad play, but just because of how popular he is, there's definitely a case there, especially for a team. I would not be at all shocked if they lose to the Giants, and I certainly yeah. don't expect them to go beyond two games. Now, if you're fading Jefferson, you're playing the Vikings to be one and done, right? So you, you definitely want a giant position player in that case. Yeah. I definitely think it's a, it's a viable play. Yeah, and uh, you know, for a giant position player, um, I mean, Saquon Barkley is another guy. When we're not, we're not there yet. But yeah, I mean, I think it, is this finally where Minnesota crumbles? Right? They've been, you know, the point. Dif- I think Jared, I think you pointed the point differential. Like, they're, it's terrible. Like people have been saying the, you know, the Minnesota's just they're not they're a bad that good. team. They're a bad team. <laughs> they're, they're they're not that good. So minus three for the year. Yeah, my, minus three and four. They they kind of remind me of the Titans last year as the one mm-hmm. seed. I mean, granted they're not the one seed, but it's just like, wow, how are they? this high what are they what are they doing here type deal so uh i think um kind of a sharp play would be to fade the, the vikings and to fade them with with tj hawkinson because hawkinson does have that massive upside potential he's done it he did it in in, in detroit he did it in minnesota he's he did got, it against the giants when they played like a month oh, was ago that against the giants that was his massive oh, game they're, they're, yeah they're the giants go. have been bad against tight ends yeah, all season. the giants are bad against tight ends yeah so i think that could be a clever a clever play there too. So, and I, you know, I think fading the the, the Vikings might be a, might might be a, a key here. There is no way I'm not fading the Vikings. I mean, <laughs> I have to listen to how one score wins are a skill every day, and they were 11 and 0 in yeah. one score game. Yeah, they're, they're going 0 and 1. Yeah, unless the Giants run away with it, they're going 0 and 1 in this week. Greg Joseph is my play. He had a 61 yard field goal to beat the Giants. He was good against the Giants. There you go. Um, yeah, I kind of really want to do that. Okay. De- uh, Tampa is the four seed. Is there life there? No. no. Next. I can't. No, no. I, let's, let's talk about it. The right, only argument for start? the Cowboys is that they, they get to play the Bucks in the first round. But this is a matchup of crap against crap at wow. this point. The Cowboys have sucked over the past they, they have. Like four weeks. They have. But 
for a lot of the season, I thought they were right there with with Philly and the Niners. So, you know, so what Cowboys team are you going to get? Yeah, maybe you get the one that beat Minnesota forty to three. Exactly. How good is Minnesota? <laughs> That's a good the example. Cow- the Cowboys were my half good team in the NFC, by the way. Yeah, um, I disagree. I, I, I think I think I think I think their ceiling is good enough to go to the Super Bowl. I don't. They were a much better team this time last year, and the then AFC they lost East it home to the Forty Niners. This is not a good team. Six and DVOA. I thought are we talking about Tampa, Tampa. or about the Cowboys. Well, Sorry. I guess you have to do it together. Yeah, that's right. I'm fine with. I'm fine with. Listen, I'm fine with doing it together. I just think I never want to bet against Tom Brady in the, in the playoffs, no matter how bad he's been, no matter what. I, like it's 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 a home playoff game, uh, in uh, in what could be an absolute shootout. Um, I'm not saying I'm taking Tom Brady, but ta- you know you've got Dallas who's 24th mm-hmm. against wide receivers, and they're really good against everybody else but the kicker. So I could certainly <laughs> see taking a Godwin or an, or an, or an Evans here. Um, and I'm not going to fade the Cowboys because they've got guys who can score too. Um, and again, I think it is a little bit more of a coin flip. But uh, I, like, I like Tampa Bay here, uh, and I like you know this to be, to be a shootout. So uh, I think we'll go with Tampa. Yeah, Dallas 24th against wide receivers, and then if they got the Niners in round two, they're 27th against wide receivers, so it could be a That's string right. of two really yes, good matches yes, yes, for yes. Evans or Godwin. Yep. Matt? Yeah, I like Chris Godwin a lot. I think Mike yep. Evans is worth considering, and I'm not looking at anybody else. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> the backfield is too split to yeah. take either one. Too split, and neither and guy's been good right. or productive and all the team's right. not winning by leaning runs, so yeah. there's just no draw to it. All right, on the Cowboys, I really like C.D. Lamb for this tournament. Me too. I don't, I don't think they're a bad team at all. Uh, they're favored in Tampa. I'm not sure how I want to read that line. I mean, they probably should be with the record difference, but you do have the Brady point. It's Brady against yeah. Mike McCarthy. My read is the books want you to bet the Bucks getting the full three. Okay, which means Dallas, if you're right. And I think Lamb is the clear and obvious there. Um, I don't know. I haven't really known the rankings like you guys in terms of defense, but Dallas could play different teams. In uh, mm-hmm. in round two, if I'm right about the Giants, they would play San Francisco. If and San Francisco wins, they'd play San Francisco in round two. It's like Lamb a lot, but there are other guys here. So sucks is my description for <laughs> Dallas, just for radio purposes. I don't actually believe that they suck. They're just not that good. Mm-hmm. They're down like overall for the season. Sure, their ratings were very good DVOA wise. But if you if you keep filtering it down over more recent performances, the closer you get to the end of the season, the worse it is. 14th and overall DVOA over the final four weeks. And that's excluding week 18, 13th on offense, 16th on defense. So I just think they're an average team by, you know, regular season standards. Yeah. And that makes you a worse team versus playoff team. So I don't think Dallas is going anywhere. So I lean toward trying to get a little bit of leverage on the field by playing a less popular player here. I like Tony Pollard. And, you know, we'll see exactly how it all fits together when I'm maybe only going with two running backs. Maybe he doesn't fit. But he's fifth among running backs in this playoff field in fantasy points per game. Just one point per game behind C.D. Lamb. So he's been scoring almost as much as C.D. Lamb for the season. There's lots of wide receiver options here as well. I think Tony Pollard's going to be a lot lower owned. I think he's probably going to be the third uh, cowboy in ownership rating behind Lamb and Dalton Schultz, who I think is the guy that's kind of fool's gold here. Yeah, he did. Schultz, even if you want to get crazy with Schultz, he doesn't have great great matchups. It's not like you can sneak in one of those great matchups. Yeah, I think CeeDee Lamb to me is a just click it. Yeah. Uh, Pollard, I love Pollard. I just, again, they're splitting. Where's he been the last couple weeks? 
uh, hurt. For sure, one but that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't really want to yeah. come play a guy coming off. Yeah, injury, but, he's but full, I, I do love full I do practice love Ballard. heading into the last game. So I, I, yeah, I think I'm he would have played about his health. At I this think he would have played against Tennessee if they needed him. Right. Yeah, um, Pollard would be my second choice. Yeah. For sure, and I could certainly see blow up games there, um, but I just think the the matchup's too good here for for, for CD Lamb. We're we're to the five seed, and we haven't mentioned one other NFC quarterback except to indulge Adam on Brock Purdy. <laughs> Is there anybody like no. even Prescott? Nope. Why? They're not going anywhere. And if they do, I'd rather have Lamb. I think he soaks up a lot of what Prescott does. Dallas can't win two games. No. Who's their, who's their second game? Philly? I, Philly or San Fran? I think they no. could beat San Fran. Not a chance. See, I think they have a better chance against Philly. San Francisco's defense is just... It's Brock. I mean, it's there. Yeah, it's Brock they're going to be does. dramatically outcoached in that game is probably the biggest <laughs> issue. There's plenty of talent to win, but this team yeah. sucks at coaching. I mean, that's that I mean. <laughs> What's that's that? not just radio words. Mike McCarthy <laughs> is bad at coaching. It's unfortunate that's his job, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, four? What's the lines? Dallas to San Francisco. Four? I bet it's five. Somewhere in there. Yeah. More, more than three, less than seven, less than six. Okay. The Giants. So if you are going to do what I'm going to do and fade Minnesota, mm-hmm. is, is Saquon Barkley the only play? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you're if you're expecting two Giants games, I don't think you can go anywhere else. I mean, I think you can. I do think Barkley is the top play, but I think you can get away with Richie James. Like God, we've seen, I mean? we've seen the Giants Gosh, be okay with you know Saquon Barkley not producing. Yeah. I'm not saying that, it's yeah. a good play, but just right. in the in the you know in, in getting different. Like we just recently saw Daniel Jones had the blow up game with Saquon Barkley barely involved, and my yep. best ball teams will <laughs> you know attest to them <laughs> blowing out that game without Barkley scoring. Yeah, and in one Giants game, I think a receiver outscoring Barkley is viable. I think it's much less likely in two games for that to happen. The next week, it's someone else. But we're just talking about two games. I mean, that's. Possible, but less likely. A small sample. I I just don't think there's any way uh, that, you know, Barkley going into a contract year in a playoff game isn't going to touch the ball (laughs) 30 five times. I mean, I'll take the under. He touched it 30 plus times, multiple times earlier in the year. I'm just saying they are going to ride Barkley, win or lose to this. Uh, Barkley's the only, the only guy in Minnesota's 21 against. I think this team got less dependent on him. And you know, again, I'm not saying Barkley bad play. I'm just saying in terms bad, of bad <laughs> thinking about somebody who could be 5% owned or less and also has the path to production in a small sample. This is a team that, over the second half of the season, got to more of a point where it can play without riding Saquon Barkley too hard. I can build a team with Kelsey, Diggs, Chase, Lamb, <laughs> A.J. Brown. There you go. Kittle. Devonta Smith. As long as I go Daniel Jones. Oh, that's right. Well, here's the thing. Like- 20 points a week. Yeah. Is that enough? Yep. He's had a good. He's had a good season. Double in the Super Bowl. He Don't had a forget. big game against Minnesota. Oh, stop! <laughs> Double in the Super Bowl. The last time I was sitting here, I was telling everybody over and over the Giants had not had a winning record since Obama. <laughs> what happened to me? Save it for your thirty-five dollar teams, Mike. <laughs> That's right. They're not going better than five hundred in these playoffs. I, so I, I think with the, I think I think with this game, Jefferson with a Giants receiver is viable, or Hawkinson are fading the Vikings with Barkley is viable. I think you got one of those. Uh, I like that. Yeah, like like you said, I think you, I don't think you can fade the Vikings, go to the Giants and do D- Daniel Jones. I just don't think you, you know you can do it. And yeah. if you're like, oh, I want to do oh, Richie yeah? James, it might <laughs> it might it might be Hodgins, it might be Jane. Like we don't even know who it's going to be. So. I think Hawkinson and fading the Giants is viable as well. 
or 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 that. I'm 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 okay with that. I just not I, on my teams. I know Barkley's got a Barkley. You got you bring up Barkley in the contract year too. You bring up the contract year and everything. Like okay, here's a, ch- a taste of the playoffs, right? Like I think that sort of applies to Tua also this week. Just this is my one chance yeah. I've had to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Um. What like is Jones going to be back there? Did, did, did he do enough? Does it come down to this week? They said they there, want him. Yeah, there's a report that they want to resign Jones and Barkley. Imagine Fine. if they said I, they didn't. Yeah. Right. Like, for what money, <laughs> you know, we'll Again, I, Jones has had a really good year. Yes. Yeah. With no weapons. With no weapons. Yeah, he's, he's had a great year. Where did he rank? I'll Dra- stop after this. I'll stop after this. Draft is very high on Daniel Jones. Quarterback, by the way. I like okay. quarterbacks that can run. I, I, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> Seattle. Anybody for anything here? <laughs> well... Again, the the Niners are twenty seventh against wide receivers, so you could play Metcalf or Lockett. I mean, th- they're going to lose, right? We think they have yeah. no shot. But again, one of those re- receivers could go hundred in a score. I mean, I I would be less surprised if Seattle beat San Francisco than I would if Miami mm-hmm. beat Buffalo this week. I mean, totally fine sure. with full fading Seattle. Yep. If I play anybody, it's DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. I think they're also in play for. I guess we shouldn't play the kicker. Because we heard about that matchup earlier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe the defense. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, if I'm, I'm probably leaning toward fading Seattle because you got to fade two teams and four teams if you count defense and kickers fading. Which you should. Right. Don't you think? Yes. Like, we, these are teams you want to have lose. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. If you're betting on Seattle here, you got you to take, take a receiver. Um, and at least if you take one and they lose, you have a chance for, you know, a really Kendrick good, Bourne potential. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have a Kendrick Bourne potential. Okay, so as we've gone team by team here, I've built a roster based on the consensus, or for the most part, the consensus. It doesn't have Daniel Jones on it, so I'm not just building my team, <laughs> not just you know stealing your information or anything like that. But um, I don't know. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's the winning team. Mahomes. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> Eckler and ETN, head-to-head. Okay. Diggs, Chase, Devontae Smith, Lamb. Barkley. Mm, more, more, more than two running backs. Okay. Jeff Wilson. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Kittle. So only one tight end. I already hate that. Like yeah, I have four running that. backs. Yeah. 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 What did we do? I, I already like I went team by team and not so much. Well, like, just flop. Just flop Mahomes. Flop Mahomes. Digs for Kelsey Allen, uh, and you're yeah. looking a lot better. I got a four right. running back I'll, issue. I'll but, consider it. But don't touch Jeff Wilson. <laughs> you, leave, you leave Jeff Wilson right where he is. Greg Joseph, Ravens. I think Ravens, if, if you're fading the Ravens, the Ravens are the defense yep. among the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the, I don't know. So the full fades there are Tampa? Tampa and Seattle. Seattle. Does it, is it, it's not a problem that they're on the same side, right? Um, nope. No. I don't think so. I mean, we have to fade basically six teams you know, two out, two a kicker in defense, two one position players. So, and also it would be interesting to to plug that into um, to Fantasy Mojo's little thing there of of what has kind of won recently. You know, two two running backs, two players less than ten percent owned, and to just kind of go through the rules there and see if it. Yeah, if do it we have the, do we have the two contrarian plays there? Jeff Wilson's one. Well, it definitely loses already because it's got four <laughs> running backs and not and not two. So, <laughs> see again, that, that, that's where that information's useful, but I don't think it means a four running back team can't win i mean anything can win but it's more difficult for four running backs to get there like any for any number of running backs to get there repeatedly with the ppr yeah. and tight end and I, yeah mixed and in. i agree that that just looking at the pool this year doesn't look like a running a year to go four running backs but. i would only play wilson and, and 
I mean, if I ever would, it would only be if Tua's on the field. I think they have a real chance if uh, I agree. If Tua plays. And because they're they don't have anything. The Bills guys over here for me. If. <laughs> so scared. Although I did this last year with the Patriots, I'm like, oh, about Belichick's known for cheating and all this other stuff, and they lose like by 700 points. I think Josh Jacobs was on the perfect lineup last year with he, one game against the Bengals. Right? He was. Yeah, the perfect lineup last year was seven, six receivers, six receivers, and two two running backs. All right. Anything else you guys want to mention? Strategy, you know, team by team. We did that. No. No, we have the, um, we have a strategy article up on Draft Sharks right now, and then by uh, Wednesday we'll have this all this data up there for you, everyone to pour through. Oh yeah, Can't Jared wait. and I will be potting later this week too. I'm sure we'll be talking more of this stuff, even if it's less specifically yep. playoff challenge. Yep. Can't wait. It's all I want this week. I know. Is this just build lineups? Thanks everybody. Adam Krautwurst, Matt Schauf, and Jared Smola. Thanks to Scott here at Rock Fox. I'm Mike Shope. DraftSharks.com for more. Thanks for watching and listening. Goodbye.